By so the way, one sec, one sec. Well, we don't want to lose the Sorry, quality guests, but we also don't want to forget to remind everybody that the 12 o'clock hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is sponsored by Colleague Racing. Colleague Racing, your Northeast Ohio sports team. Before we switch gears, guys, one thing, and I, because DeQuell may be working with the Browns, I didn't want to put him in a tough spot by asking this question. Right. But the fact that he was spending the whole week with a lot of Browns personnel, and the first thing he said to us was, after we asked him about the free agency, is, I don't remember the exact words, but he basically said, I expect the, the Browns to have a sense of urgency. I think that's exactly what he said. Yeah. So he's not pulling that out of his ass. No, he's probably taken that from some of the conversations that he had. So that's got to make you feel good. Out. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and look, th- he's not selling anything we don't know. We know that this is on, on an urgent scale. There are red flags and sirens going off all over in that building. In I like Maria. it. I love it. Right, but it's one thing to I say, well, they should feel that way. It's another thing for a guy who spent the week talking with all, a lot of the powers that be of the Browns to say, yeah, they're feeling that. I love and they should, yes. Yeah. I love their knees shaking right now. That's the knee-jerk reaction. Keep doing that. So they got to be yeah. smart with what decisions they make. Yeah, you said you, know, you can't be reckless. I think yeah. was the word you right. used, and that's absolutely right. Right. The money that you spend still has to be wisely spent. Right. Spend it on the you right can't guys. can't do it recklessly. Spend a lot, but spend, spend it on the right guys. And you know what? <laughs> no longer do they have an excuse that, you know, we're saving money under the cap or we're going to pick our poison See for ya. this year. That you nope. know. None of that. That ship sailed when you bought part of the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right. This None is your baby. So uh, I think that ship sailed when they traded for Deshaun Watson. Or, it took it another I'm level a, oh, when they spent yeah. money on I the Bucks. I thought yeah. that ship sailed when they gentlemanly punted, punted last year. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. On, on top of all the two things but, that y'all just said. What, now everybody, you know, I love the urgency. You know why? I, it, there is nothing like, there's nothing like having a fear of failure and a fear of you, you not keeping your job. You can see it in work. When the boss is at work, and they, you all see it. I used to work in corporate America. They said, the guys from corporate are coming. Corporate's coming. And you, and, 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 they told my boss, clean your desk up. You got way too many snacks on your desk, G. Bush. Corporate's coming through. They sweep the floors. You can't go to the lunch or the cafeteria break no more. The small talk by the water cooler don't be happening no more. Right. And everybody button, button up. up. Yeah. And guess People what? Smil- still small talk by the water cooler. Is that still something that's happening? Yeah. See, it is. It happens upstairs in three newsrooms all, right, all the like time. It. That's the great. We have a popcorn machine up there, which is a great idea for an office. It is. Because, you know, what what draws a crowd more than popping popcorn? This, some and of us boom, have. Next thing you know, there's five people around there filling yeah. their bag of popcorn. I, I'm sorry, fam. I, I'm sorry, family. Some of us had regular jobs. Some of us go to these jobs. Well, I had a regular I had regular jobs, too, until I was 25. Look, until you're 25. Yeah. They, uh, like, upstairs, well, they're upstairs is a regular job, but it's it's like Anchorman. It's like really, I, literally Anchorman. Yeah, I worked, I worked. I worked for two years at an oil company before I went back to college. Doing? I was like a gopher. I just ran all these odds and ends. Wow, uh, you interesting. Know, when I was like 23 to 25 years old. And the boss was rarely there. Sometimes he, when he was there, he'd sit up. He was an old man, Mr. Raffi. He would sit up in the office. And every once in a while, he'd come down, and everybody would get a little, you know, you'd get a little on your P's and Q's a sure. little more yeah. you know, when Most, he was there. Well, here's the thing, though. If you're the owner, yeah. you don't have that. No. There's one person in the Browns organization over the last decade that's had zero fear of losing their job. The owner. That's right. That's it. So nobody can hold him accountable. No, we can. By not going, not spending money, but fans we don't can. do that. And yeah. you know what? Raising our level of expectation. Yes, Demanding absolutely. Demanding more. And, and that's why I said, for you, it was the Deshaun Watson signing. That was nice. Yeah. That told me you better be all in. 
But no, for me, it was spending $875 million on another team. Well, we all got there at a different time, but we're all there. I'm yeah. there. And, and, and so there's no excuses. I've been saying for years that when it comes to the Browns, I don't know why it's only the Browns. Because it's not that way with the Guardians, and it's not that way with the Cavs. Fans lower their expectations. I know we do. They've done it forever. And you know what? To the fact where they made Baker Mayfield a god almost because of one playoff win. We're in a codependent relationship. Yes. And here's what I mean by that. If you're in a relationship with a person that's treating you poorly, the first few times it happens, it's not your fault. You were in the way. Right. It happened to you. It was the other person. But after a while, once it's become a pattern and you're continually staying there for the abuse, that's on you. The Browns have stock. Browns fans have Stockholm syndrome, basically. You're exactly it, right. I mean, that's what we have. And, and you so know what? any we peak of, of anything, it's like, oh, oh my God. So you know what it is when, when they sign an Odell Beckham or they trade for an Odell Beckham or they go out and they sign Jarvis Landry and they do these things? It's the equivalent of the abusive person in the relationship saying, baby, I'm not going to hit you no more. Here's some flowers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good now. Yeah. I'm, I'm ch- I've changed. Yeah. I'm going to do then, right by and, you. And so here's yeah. what, I, what, what we have to I, I tuned out the news conferences. Oh, yeah, the press. I, my favorite saying is, I can't hear your words. They're drowned by your actions. Don't tell me about the labor. Show me the baby. Yep. There That's it is. what I need. Yeah. And that's what, when all the fans in the area get to that point, to where we all collectively say, you know what? Enough abuse. You've abused us long enough. Right. The, We're not going to take it anymore. That's right. The, the, We're demanding better. But that, and, if you, and, and by the way, yeah. this person just spent $875 million on flowers for another mistress. Right, that's right. That's you I, better not forget about us. I, that's right. I, I told him the thing that changed my life forever was the Cincinnati Bengals, right? People always talk about, oh, I don't want to hear about no other teams, but I judge what I'm doing off of what other teams is doing. I just saw the the, the, the Browns are known as one of the worst ownership groups, right? But yet and still, they've been to how many Super Bowls? Zero. No. Oh, you're, you're talking about the Bengals. Bengals. You said, you said, uh, yeah. yeah, you said four? the Browns. Four? Four? Three. 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 Three Super Bowls. Three. Yeah. Now, think about this. Yeah, this year would have been four. Yeah, this right. year w- Now, this is an organization that don't like spending money. They don't have great facilities. Ownership is on. They really didn't like their quarterback, or excuse me, their head coach. And all of a sudden, you get Burrow and a receiver, no offensive line, and you're in the Super Bowl. And and for me, and I was away from winning. And a play, it should have won. And so for me, I'm sitting here watching these these Bengals in the Super Bowls with the colors that look kind of like mine, with the Paul Brown thing that used to be ours. And I'm sitting there thinking, I've been sold a bill of goods. I've been told that. I should be investing three to five years of my life in, in making sure the regime has time and I need an offensive lineman and I need to get tackles and I need the quarterback to be in the same system under the same coach and I need the general manager and the philosophy to be idolized ideology from the top to bottom and we need all these things in a perfect storm just to even make the playoffs when I just saw this team and, the, and countless others, Jacksonville Jaguars, dumpster fire one year, playoff win the next. No, it does not take all that. If you are concentrating and you hit on your draft picks and you spend your money wisely and you make sure you turn over every stone possible, you can win in this league because it's set up for you to do so. You're right. It is. This league is set up for you to be good every seven years and for you to be bad every seven years. 
and there's no reason for any team right. to spend 15 to 20 years no. at the bottom end of the talent and, cycle. And the fans it's, have to stop giving your organization a pass. You've done it. It's been it's been happened too much. The other teams in this the, the other teams that are better run than the Browns have never been given a pass. No, the, the Guardians never get a pass ever, especially their owner. This town and, loves to beat up on Dolan. Yeah, and I, I'm not, listen, I, and I'm no apologist for him. I've criticized him plenty, yeah. but it's a well-run organization. It's, we don't like everything about it, but it's a well-run organization. Most, most, tell, most will tell you it's top three in Major League Baseball. Yes. And that's not even a and, question. And, and, you know, you can't, you can't, once you get to the playoffs in baseball, there's, there's, you don't have a ton of control. You right. could bring in all the talent you want. You still may not. The Dodgers, Ask spent, the Dodgers. had a $250 million payroll. They didn't. They got knocked out last year early. And so. they develop talent. They like, e- like even when they do have somebody to let go, they bring a dude right behind them that's just as good or better, and you can't even really say nothing about it. No. All we asking for the Browns to do is develop one guy. Give me one receiver, a quarterback, yeah. and maybe a linebacker that you yeah. can develop. That's all we want. Let's talk. It's you, never you been easy to go from worst to first in the NFL. It's never been easier. And just a reminder yeah, real right. quick, our 12 o'clock lunch hour is sponsored by Colleague Racing. Colleague Racing, your Northeast Ohio NASCAR team. Let's do the Cavs now yeah. because uh, after a disappointing loss at the Celtics late last week, they bounced back with a nice win against the Pistons. We expected that. I got to admit, I did not watch a minute of that. I game. didn't either. I didn't, I didn't feel there was a need to. No, I did follow I'm not watching to play the Pistons. And if it, was, if it got dangerously close, I was going to turn it on just so I could let my blood pressure boil. Right. But it, it was what we expected. It was a pushover yeah. win. Uh, the Celtics last night had a double overtime game against the Knicks. So the thinking now is they're going to come in here tonight and rest their stars. And by the way, yeah. because of that win by the Knicks, which I think is what, their 10th in a row, Mike? 10th half, in a row. Half game? They're only a game. Is it a half game? I thought or it was a game. A game. You want to double check the standings for me? Or it else? might uh, be a game. It might be a As game. of this moment in time, it's exactly. They're one half. game back. One game. One Knicks game just back. a game back. Yeah. So, mm. you know, the, it's stunning. It's a bigger it. deal for the Cavs to be four because the Knicks have been a good road team. I know. You don't want to see the – even if you get the four, you're right. going to have to see the best road team in the Eastern Conference. I believe their record's number one in the Eastern Second Conference. Second best in the East behind Boston. And, and, okay. And, Boston. And, and yeah. do you want to lose to the team that Donovan Mitchell – No. It's always no. had – you know, it's always – That would be two. bad. Yeah. Like, he, he, they come in there and smoke you. By the way, if they lose to the Knicks in the playoffs, JB's gone to me. He's I said that last week. He's and, gone. You and, can't and, lose to the Knicks. The Cavs are a much more talented team. Yeah, I, I agree. If I they mean, lose, it's, I'm going to point to the coaching. Unless there's a catastrophic injury. Well, I, I was hoping that we would see the full Celtics lineup tonight. Yeah. I wanted to see what changes JB yeah. made. Right. Yeah. Now, but, that's moot. I mean, I guess, we, again, we don't know for sure they're going to sit those guys. But we double don't. overtime and guys getting banged up. Yeah, I the assumption imagine. is that they're going to rest at least some of their stars. They yeah. may rest three or four of them. Yeah. Um, so, I, all of our discussion points kind of flew out the window because I wanted to ask you guys what adjustments you were specifically right. looking for JB to make. I don't really think we're going to get much out of that. And I, the assumption here also is that they're going to kind of um, – I don't think it'll be an easy win even if the Celtics do rest their stars. I just think that the Celtics have good role players. They have a good bench. They'll make it a fight. But I think the, if the Cavs lose this, like yeah. they did to Golden State when Golden State sat the big Man, four. Right. That was crazy. That would yeah, be it's embarrassing. horrific But if, look but if Tatum, team. Brown, and Smart don't play, then it's a meaningless game. I mean, you don't – Unless they, they lose. Win, right. If, if they, they, lose, don't, if they win, I'm not going to look – I don't look anything into it at all. No, I agree. We asked the question last week in, in, on the – on the production lineup. We didn't get to it on the show, but I thought we've got some time now. We might as well get to it. Which role player, and we're going Cavs history, yep. any time in the Cavaliers, and it's got to be a role player. Don't come at me with, you know, the, yeah, I think on. Kevin Love was not a role player. The, no, Kevin Love was a no. piece. 
So which role player in the history of the Cavaliers would be the best fit with this roster right now? You see, I to me, a role player is a guy who doesn't start and plays, you know, 15, 20 minutes maybe. Yeah. Uh, do you, who, what order are we going in here, Mike? You got a graph. You can start right? first. Yeah, we got yours. All right. Ready. Mine was Mo Williams. No, it wasn't. I uh, not Mo Williams. He was one of my final three. I uh, remind me who it was. I can't remember because I had a final. It was three. a guest, a former guest on the show. Oh, it was Booby Gibson. Booby Gibson. Booby Gibson. <laughs> right. I had a final three because what I did was I looked for guys who didn't, you know, who were like who were not starters, not stars, and then I looked for who were some of the best three-point shooters in Cavs history. And I, I can't. I it came down to Wesley Person, Booby Gibson, and Mo Williams. And then I texted my uh, Jason Lloyd and Chris Fedor. I said, I don't think any of these guys are very good defensively. Who would you say is the best of the three? And they weren't. None of those guys. None of those guys couldn't play defense. Yeah. But Jason was like, well, at least Booby played. At least Booby tried hard on defense. So that was the tiebreaker for me. Effort counts for something. Yeah. So Booby, in the year I picked, what was the year I picked? I can't remember. Uh, 08 09. So 08, in the 08 09 season, he shot his, I can't remember the exact percentage now. But his three-point percentage that year was, like, absurdly high. Yeah, 44%. Yeah, it was uh, 44%. And, and I was debating between that and, I think, the 09-10 season. Because in the 09-10 season, he, he put up some big postseason numbers from three. But I, this team needs a, a, a guy who can be a killer from the three-point line. And that year, Booby Gibson was. All right. man. I, G. Bush, you're up next. I thought this was an easy one. Um I brought it down between J.R. Smith and um, I, I didn't go with J.R. I went with Iman Shumpert. I like, mm. I, I got Iman Shumpert. Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take him from in 16, 17. He's, he can play three. He can play guards. He can, he can run off screens. Iman Shumpert uh, is a dude that can hit an open three. And I don't got to run no plays for Iman Shumpert. But he, isn't he just Isaac Okoro? No. No. Yeah, gee. He kind of is. He kind of no. is, man. Amon Shumper is a way is. better. He's a way better. He's a way better scorer than, than, than Okoro. And he can, what was his three-point percentage that year? Not good. I'm going to tell you, and you're going to oh. be like, ooh, that's not what I thought it was. Yeah. And shout out to Amon Shumper, hell of a basketball player overall. But let me find his basketball uh, let reference me, here. How, what did he shoot for three? I'm pulling it up. Give me one sec. And by, for his career, G? Yeah. 33.7%. Oof. By the way, all three of the guys that I had as finalists, Wesley Person, Booby Gibson, and Mo Williams, all had a better uh, three-point percentage career-wise than J.R. Smith. J.R. just took a ton of threes. He was a volume shooter. Yeah, volume shooter. Yeah, Ooh, G, I, he, he, he wasn't ooh, a shooter. I was looking at his field goal percentage. It said 41 right here. That's from the field goal. Ah, we don't know about that. See, are you are you changing? And we don't know about that. Hey, we, gee, we have we have Jr. because that's that's who I picked him when I was yeah, supposed to be. I was either going to take him or Jr. I'm taking Jr. Smith. And the one thing with Jr. and Bull is right. He was a uh, volume three point shooter in the 2015-2016 season. He did shoot 40 percent from the three point arc, which is a very serviceable number for a guy who made 204 threes, which is the team record. He averaged 12.4 points in that season. While he wasn't the greatest defender, he did have his best defensive season. So. He played very he good the, defense that year. I think he was the obvious, like, the I easy thought he was the obvious choice. That's but. why I didn't pick him. I wanted to try somebody else. Yeah, JR for me was on the fringe of is he a role player or not? And I think on that team, he was. He was on that team. Yeah. He, could, he could be off. Yeah. You went he with someone, Jay. 
who me and Bull actually don't think was yeah, a role player. No, the year that I'm taking him, he was a role player. He didn't start. I, I want him his rookie season. I think he started maybe 15 or 20 games. You might want to look that up. I'm on it. Um, here's what Hot Rod Williams could do. He played terrific defense, and that's what this team needs. You said last week we were having a conversation. Until this, until this team finds a player that can shut down the elite threes in this mm. league, mm. and that's a very tall task, yeah. they're in trouble. And you're right, we are. Because right now, the gap between, like, acceptable and where we are is big. Yeah, huge. Hot Rod Williams would come off, and he would give you energy minutes, and he was, even though he didn't start until late that season, and I think then it was because of he an He started injury. every game. He started every game that year. His rookie year. He started 80 games. Are you sure? That was yeah. the second leading scorer of the team. He's not a role player. <laughs> I'm still taking him. Because he, he wasn't he the top three no, players no, on right, the team. Right. Uh, tell, me, tell me who the top three wasn't players were. Wasn't he their second team. leading scorer? No, wait. Tell me who their top three pieces were that year. Uh, according to the Cavs, no, that's, that's, give me a sec. I got to pull it up. I got yeah. to dig through it and be, be a reference. It would be Doherty, Nance, and Price. Now, I don't know how deep you want to go before you start calling these guys role players. Right. Like, Hot Rod was the third leading scorer of the team. Uh, which I'll was, take. He's borderline. He's borderline. Price. I still think that year he was a role player. I watched every game that year. Yeah, he, I mean, he, I, I mean, think you can. Price was, was not. Yeah. That is a Price four. was not the four. Price only played 16 minutes a game that year. I would still say, name you, you said he's the fourth. Name your three. No, he wasn't. Well, you're, I, I just saw the name Mark Price. He but was a rookie that season. Pri- so Mark Price didn't do he anything was, that year. But Pri- to me, the team was Price, Doherty, no. Nance. No, no, no. Jay, yeah. Price did nothing that year. He did, he played. I watched that. I watched Price every came game off that the year. bench. Price was a uh, Price was a. He averaged seven points, three assists that year. Price. I just remember him being way better. Ron Harper averaged twenty three points. Ron per game Harper that year. was the other one. Yeah, Ron Harper. Harper and Doherty, and then Hot Rod was Hot, Hot Rod was third. Hot Rod was scoring. third. Yeah. Where was Nance? Was Nance on that team? Nance wasn't Nance on that team. Didn't no. come until later. Yeah. I'm still. Listen, it's I, a long time ago. Everything gets. It counts, Jake. Well, no, but I'll it tell counts. you this. I, I, I watched that team. I was, I was in college, and when I was in college, I watched every game, every game that I could that was on TV. Mm-hmm. He was a role player on that team. And I, by the way, I would still say J.R. Smith would qualify as a role player on the Cavs team. But I just think that there comes a spot where. He, in, in Hot Rod's career where he wasn't a role player, he was a piece. You know, he was like a building block. Can I ask a way to phrase this? Yeah. As someone who wasn't born in 1986 to watch the Cavs? Right. He was not a three-point shooter. He, if that's what you he did take a single through that year. No, Zero he wasn't threes. a three-point shooter. He was a guy who... He played there. defense, which we need. Exactly. So we were running his numbers. He played the second most minutes. He was the third leading scorer, but it was more hustle stuff on the side as opposed to them running sets for him. It was big hustle stuff. It was big hustle stuff. And a lot of the stuff he did didn't show up in the box scores. But I always felt that Hot Rod was the guy that set the energy tone, which every team needs. They need to energize their bunny. When Hot Rod was on the floor, I felt everybody. I, I don't even know if they kept plus minus stats back then. I don't think they did. Now, did they have him play a three or four? He was a three. Now, I think if, if uh, when did the plus minus stat become a thing? It was much later. Uh, no. By the way, Twitter just apparently turned off the API for everyone who doesn't pay for Twitter Blue. So you're not going to see what links is, or videos or anything what anymore. What is Twitter, Twitter Blue? I don't even know what that is. It's where you can pay to have a blue check mark. What an embarrassment. Why? I don't know, but 
I'm just seeing on Twitter everyone's freaking out right now. So well, good. You can't you see shouldn't pictures. be able to pay to have a blue check mark. No, no, I th- no, not us. Like, so, so people, you gotta, so you can't post any links if you're not paying for Twitter Blue. What? That's apparently what's going on on Twitter. Oh my! And, God. Hey, we have a new mic back here. Anthony, you want to test out the new mic? Oh, that might Hi be guys, true can though. You hear me? Because, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so it seems to be the free API is gone, and so now our link what, to the show doesn't work for me as a non-Twitter paying user. So what is API? I don't know. Interesting obstacle for us in the future. Essentially, anything you post is a video. It it, it shows it to you in person. Yeah, is not there anymore. There was no warning API, about this. No, they've been talking about it. They they've been saying it's been coming for a long time. Ugh, Twitter has sucked since Elon Musk. Well, here's over. the thing: when he went in, he realized. You know, did you ever buy a car? was used, mm-hmm. and you were told that it was one thing, and then you wrote it for a week, and you're like, holy shit, this thing sucks. Yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah. I got a ping in the motor. The struts are gone in the back. I know that. I know I need new brakes now. Yeah. They weren't squeaking before. They must right. have oiled them. Well, when he went in and took over and started digging down, he was like, oh, boy. <laughs> I bought a lemon. I yeah. bought something. I well, was told something that wasn't true. All I know true. is it's been worse since he took over. Well, here's why. Now he's got to monetize it. Mm-hmm. Now he has to find a way to, obviously, he didn't buy this because he wanted it. Right. He bought it to monetize it. All the experts have been saying, this is a trouble purchase because I don't know that it can be monetized to the point of it's where its payroll was. That's why the first thing he had to do is come down and slash payroll by about 90%. They had so many frivolous people doing nothing that he got he got rid of all of them. Now he's got a well, how do we revenue know that stream. That's true? How do well, we know that's he true? came in and looked at the structure well, model. He, that's what he claims. Just because he, he just said came it. in and said, you know, like when, whenever all CEO I know, buy all, something, he said, what do you do? Jay, what do you nobody do? What cares do you do? about that. What fans people care about is that Twitter sucks since he took it over. That's all that people care about. It, we here's what sucks the, about it. The fans don't care about him. It's not going to be free anymore. It is what it is. They, uh, right. They, no, no, that's that's what sucks about yeah. it. It's well, not going to be free No, that's anymore. not what it sucks about it. Yes, what it sucks is. about it is anybody can have a blue check mark. That's bad. Well, that's dumb. That was that was stupid from jump. Why the blue check mark was supposed to delineate from verified public people, right. which I thought was stupid in the first place. Why? Because you know what? you have credibility. Oh, so someone so you need that blue check mark to have credibility? No, but it, and? It, it denotes a potential legitimate source of news. Oh, trust me. I've seen lots of things tweeted from blue check marks that was wrong. A lot of things. Of course, but so, there has to be some standard. Here's what I, I we talked about. This you don't on agree Channel that there should be some ago. standard? Yes. Do you want to hear my standard? Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. Everybody's verified. Here's what I mean by that. And this is, this is a bare minimum for the barrier to entry. This is a public space. Right. If you went into a theater and yelled fire, we want to know who you are so we can hold you accountable, right? Right. The problem with social media and the reason that it's run amok is because there are too many people with the handle uh, Hercules Mike. Right, right, sure. And now there's no accountability, so he can say whatever the hell but he wants. But that hasn't changed. Here's what, I, what I'm – here would be my suggestion. Right. Everybody's verified, and here's what I mean by that. If you want to share the public space – Right. We need to know your first name. We need to know your last name. Agreed. And we need to know that that's you and you're one of one. Agreed. I the, 100% agree so with that, the but bots, that's not happening anyway. No, I know. My suggestion yeah. is, we talked about this on Channel 3 a couple of weeks ago. My suggestion is where social media went crazy was it became the world's largest bathroom wall. You could go in there and write something defamatory right. and leave, and there's no accountability. No accountability. So when you want to go fishing... In any state in the United States, you need a driver's license. 
and then you need a fishing license. And the reason for that is they want to monitor and make sure that you're going to adhere to the rules that that state sets to fishing or hunting or driving or yeah. anything. You have to get a fishing license, but not a gun license. That's crazy. Yes, that's absolutely that's right. Insane. That's, that's crazy. Now, here's, let's take it the next step. Yeah, it's crazy. You can be a parent. You don't need a license for anything. No. So all I'm saying is if you want to share a social public space, there should be a bare minimum requirement to that. And, and it, the bare minimum is we need to know who you are. Yeah. We need to know that you're one of one and that everything you say comes from you. Agree, but that's so not happening. That's the blue instead, check mark that instead we would he need. He has added, pe he has confused people by letting anybody become a blue check mark. Mm -hmm. And some people think that's a sign of credibility, which it not always is the case. But now it's even worse. Well, the because first now anybody could have it, and and not to mention he he unbanned some people from Twitter. Some that probably should have been unbanned, but some that should have stayed banned because they were spreading misinformation or whatever they were doing. That's a whole other rabbit hole. Yeah. Because there's also people on Twitter that damn well should be banned that aren't. Well, he and he has. Anyway, it's not everybody seeing people's tweets, even if you're following them now. The whole thing is a mess. That's the bottom line. Well, and and we could get out of this whenever we want, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's been a mess. I think it will continue to be a mess. Again, the bare minimum requirements. Very simple. If you want an account, Here's the bare minimum, just like if you want a fishing license. I hear you. Show me your driver's license. It's not, not going to be public anywhere. We're going to see it. We're going to make sure that that's you, and you're getting one account, period. Uh, no bots. That would kill. I'm just saying. The, the general... biggest problem to Twitter was when he bought it, the percentage of accounts that were fake far exceeded the, uh, the percentage that weren't. I hear you. And here's All another I know stat. is it's gotten worse just, since he Just took to it let over. everybody know that, because yeah. we think that Twitter is the world, and that that's, and, that, and oh, you know, everybody's saying it. Fewer than 1% of Americans see tweets every day. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, we tend to get lost in the, well, everybody thinks that, yeah, and right. this, that. It's a that's small not percentage. true. It's a very, very minuscule percentage. Very, very small. And so, for us, we can no longer tweet on our Twitter page. Ian's working on it. Uh, take tag word forward quick. The good news is I'm rooting for Elon Musk to go broke and bankrupt and lose all his money and live in the street. Just, just well, take, I hope uh, take tag word real be quick. Be careful with that. His, his Tesla stock is up over 100% in three months. Yeah, and he'll probably block me on Twitter for saying it. This is the uh, Twitter no, outage, delete your outage in the last 24 <laughs> hours. As you can see, it has spiked in the last 30 mm. minutes. That is what's going on. But a reminder before we move on to Guardians that the 12 o'clock lunch hour is sponsored by Collie Gracing. Yeah. Collie Gracing, your Northeast Ohio sports team. Let's talk a little Guardians, guys. Yeah, Woo! are, are you want to do Guardians first? Because I, I thought that that question, didn't we do that question last week? No, I felt like we did that. We did. Last. We did. Who, who would benefit the most from the? Uh, yeah, I the rules. thought we've been talking about this. I know I've given my opinion on it. I thought you had too. Which guardian do you expect to take the biggest step forward? Yeah. Which guardian do you to expect to take the biggest step back? I think we did do that. I feel like we've done it on and off for a month. But Oscar, most of y'all said Oscar Gonzalez. Oscar Gonzalez was the guy that I most fear a regression, and Stephen Kwan is the guy that I most believe can repeat what he did last year. Are yeah, you? I mean, I. There are a couple of guys in the bullpen that I'm a little worried about because yeah, that's a the good bullpen point. is the least predictable thing in baseball. Who's the guy you're worried about? I mean, I think Hentges, especially coming off, he's dealing with an injury here and a shoulder. I'm worried about Karinchek. I know he's not, wasn't a rookie last year. Well, maybe technically he still was. I don't think so. Um, he was not technically a rookie. Okay. But I am worried about Karinchek as well because he's, uh, he's a little bit of a crazy person. And I don't know that I could trust him from year to year. Bullpens are very shaky. 
Like yeah. it's hard to be to it's, rely on bullpens. It, year to year, it's you, you never know. Never see the success. Right. You carry over year to year. There's For moving it, parts. It's tough to duplicate. It's not that like obviously I have a lot of confidence in Emmanuel Class A, but if he struggled this year, you can't like you see this all the time. Edwin Diaz, who along with Class A were the two best relief pitchers in baseball last year, his first year on the Mets, he was awful. Awful. Yeah. He had been great in Seattle. Then he signed with the Mets. Then he got traded to the Mets. And his first year at the Mets, he was horrendous. And then he bounced back last year, and he was great. So you never know for these guys. I, I'd be surprised if Classe wasn't great. But I, I, in the end, baseball in particular is the most unpredictable sport of any. And the bullpen specifically is the hardest sport to predict. So I have some concerns there. But, uh, yeah, Oscar Gonzalez, and we talked about this with Zach Meisel last week. You know, his swing is a little crazy. And Big. he wasn't expected. Uh, crazy's a little strong, but he has some holes in his swing. Well, I don't and, think crazy is, is the wrong word. Okay. Because Can you explain why you think his swing is wrong, crazy? But that's not my fear. My fear right. is, is his, his pitch selection's not great. Right. And, and, so if, if, and, and Zach said this, and the first thing I want to do is face a hitter that chases balls. Right. That means I don't have to throw it in his red zone. Well, and, and he compared him to Javi Baez. Now, Javi Baez is best. If 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 Oscar Gonzalez is close to Javi Baez is best, that's great. Because he was a wasn't an MV- Baez though. He just chased breaking balls. That was his thing. He would well, chase breaking balls off the plate. Sure, he did big time. But he well, swung. He did swing it. He swung it. Eventually, they started throwing him everything out. I, I, sure. I, and obviously, I didn't. Early block. in his career, it was just like throwing breaking yeah. ball outside. He'll swing it. Obviously, miss. last year because he was on the Tigers. Outside of when he played the he Guardians, I didn't really see him play yeah. that much last year. But, uh, but he had a horrendous season. He's the best example of a guy who is who is basically, I don't want to say he's irrelevant, but he he basically affected his career trajectory because he couldn't have plate discipline. Right. And it because, started with the outside curveball with him. Right. And it did, and it kind of went everywhere and, else. But and with co- Oscar, Oscar swings at pitches. He's an equal opportunity swinger. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll go after don't, anything. Don't you need a guy like that? Don't you need a guy that yeah, in your lineup listen, that, that's going to strike out a lot? In this lineup, yeah, it's it, fine. It kill him in this lineup. Because there's so many guys that make contact. But he also has to, he has to make contact, too. He just does. Sure. Because that's the, way, that's the way his team plays. I mean, right. is it risk reward if he strikes out? Yes. If he strikes out, but if he's going to hit me thirty home runs, if he's going to hit me thirty home runs, I, I don't care that he strikes out a lot. Yeah, but he had what eleven last year, right? I and mean, I don't know that he's going to hit thirty home runs. Yeah. I'm saying if he does, I'm okay with the strikeouts because yeah. I know that I, I know that most of my other hitters are getting on base. Yeah, here's my are putting fear the ball him. in play. Uh, April and May are the are critical months for him. Critical, because if he doesn't show the ability to have better plate discipline, then the the book is just to, don't throw no, the guy's right, 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 right. Make him hit bad pitches, which he's proven, right. by the way, he can. That's but right. he can't do it on a regular basis. But it, I want to see him. I would rather he strike out looking than chase a ball on the edge or out of the strike zone. At least consistently. Everybody's yes. going to do that once in a while. Yes. I, I think the thing with Gonzalez is, and we've seen this before with other players like him, you could tell me that he's going to be in the MVP conversation in June, and you could tell me he's in the minors in June, yep. and I couldn't be shocked by either. I'm with it you. might be an extreme yeah. on both, but I think, like, yeah. Stephen Kwan, I know he's not in the MVP conversation, and I know he's not going to be in the minors. Oscar yeah. Gonzalez, he could be killing it, and he could be a disaster and be back in, playing in Columbus. And what adds to that argument is what yeah. he did in the playoffs. 
Like, I, I remember the walk-off home run against the Rays. Oh, my God. I'd never, even, and I've been to two game sevens for the Indians. I've never remember my nerves being on more edge than they were for that entire game. It was one pitch game the whole time. Yeah. And I just, I just kept thinking, it's going to be a mistake. Somebody's going to make a mistake. They're going to throw a routine double play ball into the dugout, give a yep. player a base, a wild pitch with a guy on third. I just felt like it was going to be something fluky because everybody had five, six at-bats and nobody was doing anything. And neither team was built to have that player. That's right. And when Gonzalez hit that ball out of the park, it changed the way I look at him because the moment was 10 times bigger than he was. And he had already had some really big moments in that yeah. series. And he just came up and hit the home run like he knew he was, like he was yeah. expecting to hit the home run. Yeah, it was- why does it seem like that? I don't know how to explain it. Why does it seem like the, the, the Guardians have to start over every year? Like what I mean by start over like they don't have they don't carry momentum from year to year so I say i don't know that anybody does in baseball or well, all the yankees and dodgers do like it's the, the momentum I mean, the astros do the momentum is almost like does that so, feel like the youth bull i don't feel like we're starting over i don't know no, i like don't. the momentum with the fans like oh with the fans absolutely like, yes there's absolutely a, that, yeah why, why well that goes back to what i said about the browns that the browns fan Browns get the benefit of the doubt every year. We're there. Browns fans are there every year. We're so excited. Go. We go to practice in training camp and we yes. start screaming Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. But like, the people like the people like you and I that are locked, even if we're not watching the Guardians every day, we're locked into the score. Everything. We're paying yeah. attention. The it, momentum is just it's it, not that there. That has to well, build every right, year. That has to build. Yeah, with the fans, you're right. It's not there. One of yeah. the I I mentioned this real quick, Jay. The, what, the was, what was it like in 2017 after the Guardians made the, or the Indians at the time made the World Series? Big, Did it still start? Big carryover. No, big carryover because they made some big offseason signings. Right. They signed Juan Encarnacion. Yes, and the team was better. And the team was and and they we're had like, a great okay, season. if we can get our pitching But the staff. attendance wasn't up that no, much. No, nope. it wasn't. It was up, but not you, up that so, much. So, compare that to the 90s. Now, if you ask me in the 90s, uh-huh. the excitement for 95 opening day, 96 opening day, 97 opening day was, was Browns-like. And now, there's a lot of things going on there. Number one, we've lost a significant number of residents since then. Yeah, that's 20 years ago. That's crazy. And our population is down significantly. Really? If you measure us against other major cities, sure, it's down more than most of your major cities. The other thing is we had more entertainment dollars for those late 90s years because we didn't have to spend them on the Browns. So we weren't buying season tickets for the Browns and there was no Browns to distract us. Yeah. And we knew that. So we were all in on the team well, we felt could win it. And plus, the Indians. Uh, not that I'm an economics uh, aficionado, but it seems to me that the cost of living has gone up since then way more than, than salaries have. It, th- there, so, th- there's probably something to that, but Cleveland is yeah. an economically depressed city. Sure. We, we are number one in the country in poverty. Right. Which, you know, percentage of residents living right. below the poverty and the amount of, which is stunning, right. and, and, and the ticket prices in the 90s compared to now sure. versus the amount of money people are making yeah. in the city of Cleveland then versus now. I would like to look at those three things. So yeah. your inflation line from mid-90s, your employment or your uh, yeah. wage line from the mid-90s and the ticket cost line. Yeah. Typically, teams are smart. They monitor the other two and they set the ticket prices based and on the, what those two right. are doing. And the Guardians' price prices out of the market. in comparison to other baseball teams but are reasonable. We're a bargain. And you can get a cheap ticket in the outfield or whatever. For, but the feeling, the but feeling, you have to build up that fan. The feeling when they lost to the Yankees, right? Yeah. I remember we... We, we were uh, blowing up when we were doing those post-game yeah, yeah, shows. Yeah. They were yeah, blowing up. The, the fans feel, are here. The, the yeah. feeling, but they're dormant for 10 months. Because That's so we, crazy. Because it, the Guardians have a much higher percentage of casual fans. 
Yeah, they do. You're right. It, but it, but those casual fans become diehards in September and October. That's yeah. right. That's right. So the but, conversion rate and the fact that they hibernate for 10 months out of the year. But there's one other thing that comes into play. And I, I saw this in the mid-90s with the Braves. It's actually winter fatigue. That's, and and yes. I, I, by winter fatigue, I don't mean, oh, God, we're sick of winning. Yeah. We're consistently either in the playoffs or in the hunt. If yeah. you go back during t- Terry's tenure, yeah. we're there. Yeah. Yeah. In the mid-90s, before they broke through in 95 and beat us in six games in the 95 World Series, I was covering that series. So I would go down to Atlanta, and I'd be like, I didn't think I'd ever see this in my lifetime. I'm at a World Series game. It's not a sellout. Yeah. Their divisional playoff games, there were 10,000 empty seats. Yeah. Because the Braves were like, yeah, wake me well, in October. Think about wake how we were the World Series. to a lesser degree. Think about how things were here the last year or two with the second LeBron run. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, right. The yep. regular season, we were like, it's like, who cares? Like, you know what? The playoffs. Buckeyes are playing Toledo. What's your what? What are you thinking? You're not interested in that. I'm no. not watching. You're it. not going to Columbus, no. and you likely won't even watch I it won't watch if you game. have something else to do. No. So it's. I'm not saying that we're the Buckeye. You know, no, we don't have that not. kind of dominance, obviously. But fans have become desensitized by making the playoffs. They're, they have one thirst they haven't quenched. And that's winning the that's World Series. That's all that matters now. And to them, they're like, yeah, this is nice. We'll make the playoffs. The Yankees will beat us. So right, we won't or the win. Astros will beat us. And they, yeah, so they yeah. kind of know what the outcome There's a is. Cent- but right. the closer you get to that finish line, the more the hype and the energy of the city builds. And the fans won't, a lot of fans won't jump in for the whole year because they, like you say, they feel like our ceiling is in the playoffs, but not yeah. winning the World Series. But Mike, I don't remember if you were here last year, if you had already moved here. I know the show hadn't started yet. If you had moved here, opening day is big. Always, every always year. Opening day, yeah. I, we used to always do our show at, at a bar downtown. Yeah. The atmosphere downtown for opening day, even though the weather most years sucks on opening day. Yeah. Not every year, but most years. It's kind of too, it's the celebration of two things. Spring yeah. is here. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sort if of. you ask most Clevelanders when is when is spring start, you know, they'll say, oh, March 1st, March yeah. 21st, or Indians opening day. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. The weather can – we've seen snow. More often day. than not since I've lived here, yeah, opening day It was really day nice last year. I, I, I was here, but I just – It was in. nice. Yeah. And I walked around because, Jay, you guys did all the WKYC stuff out yeah. there. And here's the other thing, too. It's a reason to party. Oh. Yeah, and Cleveland care. loves a reason to party. Like, if, if, if March 17th is nice – you know what downtown's going to look like. Oh, my God. It's oh, going to yeah. be packed with people. It's insane. Because it's a celebration. Oh, Mike's never party. been here for that. Yeah, Mark, oh, you, never, you, haven't oh, seen, you haven't seen St. Patrick's Day. Patrick's Day. Day. bonkers here. It's nuts. If it's, if it's warm, oh my God. it feels like the Kentucky Derby. But if it's not, it can be a little disappointing. But people in Cleveland love a reason to party. People mm-hmm. anywhere do. But opening, what's crazy here is opening day will be a sellout. And the next day, if it's 28 or 35 and 8, windy and cold, there'll be 10,000 people there. Maybe. That's how it goes. There'll be 10,000 tickets yeah. sold. 8,000 people there, 10,000 10, tickets people there. sold. No care. I hate that, too, it but sucks. that's the way it is. That's it the sucks. reality of it. You, uh, top five left fielders, you want to do that? Yeah, let's do top five left fielders before we do that, though. You guys are going to probably kill me. Bet Jack, real one. quick. Bet Jack is in on all the action. It is live in Ohio because sports betting is taking over the great state of Ohio. You can download the Bet Jack app today. So you'll be ready to go on all the action. Bet Jack, it is Ohio Sportsbook. If you're not already a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, by the way, you can become a member for $199. We had something pretty special happen on Friday. Beautiful. Over 25 memberships were gifted. That's why. From current members to now new members. So 
Shout out to all you guys for doing that. That was right, not so just, we not only have the smartest fan base, we have the the most generous, most generous. And seriously, like, that is something that's so cool. We haven't seen that since we've been doing this. That's crazy. It was uh, it was awesome to see. And you guys are the best. We say it all the time, but you guys really are the best. For coaches tier members, which what was gifted, it's less than five bucks a month. You get all the same starter tier perks, plus overtime videos, member shoutouts, discount codes for merch. Jason is texting with coaches tier members tonight during the Cavs oh. Celtics game. Might be a JV game with the players on the court, but Jason will bring his A game no matter what. We have a link That's to great. get on that text list on the community tab of our YouTube page under the coaches tier. Hit that like button. So like button is free, hit that like Nuggets. Button. It's free. <laughs> it is free. It's the easiest thing you can do to help us out. It does make a difference, and we appreciate it. Yeah. The question you is, all. does Stephen Kwan make Mike's top five left fielders? I don't think it will. I don't think he will. No. By the way, MLB.com does their top 10 at each position right now, you know? They do. And Stephen Kwan was sixth. So I would have him in five to t- or six to 10. Do he just doesn't have enough power for me. He's a corner outfield position. He's got to have power, and he has no power. So, so I have a theory, um, and I'm, I don't want to derail it too much yeah. because Stephen Kwan did win a gold glove. Uh, is it safe to say that you just can't win a gold? You can win all the gold gloves you want, and if you can't hit, you're not going to the Hall of Fame? No, Ozzie Smith did it. It's like one or two, right? Yeah, Smith, I mean, there are exceptions. You have to be, I mean. It depends the position you play. At shortstop, the old shortstop, back when he played it. It, it was different then. Right? It was different, yeah. I don't think we're seeing a guy. Left field. I, no. I, we're not seeing a left fielder getting like, all so not, not with that so, no. little bit of pop. So, no. if Quan, if Quan gets 15 gold gloves. Now, no. now, it's different if he gets to 3,000 hits. Okay. So now, he would he's need not a power hitter, right? Uh, Ichiro didn't have Ichiro didn't hit for power, although no. he could. He was he did Tony Gwynn. He did Rod Crew. Right. I saw a stat yesterday. By the way, you're going to love this. I meant to. I don't know if I sent this to you guys. Rod Carew. Uh, sorry, Mike. Real quick. He could hit three. Rod Carew over a ten-year stretch won the batting title seven times, <laughs> and the three times he didn't win, <laughs> he had batting averages of I can't remember the exact number, but roughly. 360, 330, and 310. That Stop. was the old baseball. Stop. That was our baseball, bull, yeah, and I insane. loved that baseball. Like Bill Buckner Ooh. would finish ninth in batting, hitting 325. Yep. 325 yeah. today. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. By a lot. By a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. All right, who's your number five? So, there were seven guys I considered for five spots. No. Nah. Well, there's three. There's a clear top three. I agree. Clear top yeah. three. I don't but know I'm just saying, that. overall. You guys are going to kill me when you right. see my number one. But I went with Cleveland's. Stephen Kwan. Wow, you can make a case wow. for him five for five. You, you can, I did. Here's I, my case real quick. There's another guy, Taylor Ward on the Angels, yeah. who did not make my top five. Wow. He only played 100 games last year, and while he had better numbers probably overall as a power hitter and really an overall offensive player, yeah. it was 100 games versus Kwan's full season and such a short sample size. I needed to see a little more from Ward longevity-wise. More I didn't have Ward in my top five. Season. MLB.com had... Quan's MLB, not doc, dot com. MLB Network had Quan six and Ward five. They did have Ward five. Yeah. See, okay. neither are in my top five. Okay. So I put Quan at five. The glove is that good. That I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, the I'm, glove I'm fine with Quan five. I'm fine with Quan five. I just need more power from a corner outfielder. I hear, but he does everything else well. He does everything else above average. Yeah. Well above average. The glove is good like that. Arm, defense, yeah. running the bases. Putting putting con- the ball into play. Not straight. All right, what's number four for you? So... I have, like, a, a baseball crush on this guy. All right. Randy Arozarena. Yeah, I kind of do, too. Yeah, he's really good. I just like the way he plays. I mean, he, I don't have a crush on He does everything. Him. He's at his best in the postseason. He has the single season or single, I guess, postseason record for most home runs in a single postseason. Yeah. Yeah. He plays with nobody else in the lineup. 
for the majority of his time in Tampa Bay, and he still puts up absurd numbers. Yeah. I wanted to put him higher. I couldn't. I have him but three. But I love you can't Randy Rose. Oh, really? I have him three. I love him. I love him. I love him. Man, he sounds like a guard. He's a nice player. Give me eight eight players that play like him. I'm going to win a World Series. Sounds like a guardner from Wycliffe. (laughs) I wonder, Jay, did you leave out some guys that you might think are DH? My list, this is the most unconventional list I'll have at any position. Okay, go ahead. I'll tell you that right now. You definitely have some guys who are DH slash left fielders that you put out. Number three is easy. Yeah, I do. To me, three was easy. It's got to be Schwarber, right? It is Schwarber, yeah. I have Schwarber at five. Oh, you got a Rosarena ahead of Schwarber? I do. I do. If Stephen Kwan's your number one, I'll come out and fight you, Jay. No, Stephen Kwan did not no. make my top five. He said he didn't make his He's top five. He's in my six through ten. I okay. didn't even really seriously consider him. I, 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 because of, I just, I need, I need power out of that position. Are yeah. you moving other outfielders? No. No, I'm not. Well, before I say who two and one are, it's a pretty obvious two one here, yeah. right? Oh, it's, no, it's not. Oh, my God. Yes, it's an well, obvious J- Jay's one. list is more interesting than mine. Number two, I put Juan Soto. I have him two also. All right, I have him number one. Above he had, a, year he had a terrible year last year, but there was a lot one. going on for him last year. You must year. have left out number one because you might not have him as a left fielder because he DHs a No, lot. I thought you guys wouldn't put Soto at left field. He, oh, no, Because he, he played right field last year. Yeah, but then he yeah, played yeah. left field in San Diego, which is why. Yeah, but Bob right. Melvin has already said he's my left fielder. Yeah, right. So I, I thought maybe you guys might not consider him a left fielder. Well, the number but, one guy also DHs a lot. And he is, without a question in my mind, phenomenal. the best left fielder in baseball is Jordan Alvarez. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I know he's kind of a DH. I know he's not the greatest fielder. He plays a little first base, too. But what he freak. does offensively is second to none. I, I, I agree. Would, yeah. But when Juan's, if Juan Soto can re- regain his form from two years ago. Yeah, I, it's a toss-up. that's up. a big if. I think but it's I'm a toss-up between those two. I, yeah. I would actually not – I would argue that if I had to choose one for the next ten years – I probably lean towards Soto because of it. well, but but right now in this moment, Alvarez, Alvarez is has young played too, better. Alvarez. No, I know. I, I'm a little worried, more worried about him getting hurt. But yeah, I just, such a big body. I love Juan Soto. I Juan Soto's fantastic. <laughs> I just don't know how you put a Rosarena ahead of Schwarber. I Wait, so who, you who's your top five, Jay? I have Soto, Alvarez, Rosarena, uh, Tyler O'Neill. You guys didn't mention Tyler O'Neill. I like Tyler. I think O'Neal. that's a swing and a miss by you guys. Yes, he, O'Neill. I. Thought about putting him at five and Schwarber at four. Ultimately, you said you're worried about uh, Alvarez getting hurt. Schwarber, to me, is at the end. It's closer to the end than the beginning. But he's been so good. The he's last been great. Years. He's been yeah. great. And uh, but I and, just and the one thing he he's clutch. He is very clutch. Very clutch. And um, don't Clevelanders know it? Yes. And and uh, God. I, listen, Tyler. Uh, to me. I actually am with you. I uh, thought you'd have uh, Tyler O'Neill be in five. Yeah. I would put him ahead of Ward and Quan. He was banged up last year. He was. He missed some time. He's but a really when he, he plays, he plays his ass off. Well, he what I like about up. him compared to the other guys in the mix at the bottom of the five, and even compared to a Ro- well, no, Rosarena's got speed too, but O'Neill is a great defender. And he has speed, and he has power. It's yeah. an unusual combo. To me, Do you he's think Quan the average with, baseball with power. fan? Knows who Tyler no. O'Neill is? No. no, no, but that's not how you can't. You no, can't no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just asking. I, I would bet 90 percent of our audience doesn't know what Ty, team Tyler O'Neill here's, is on. Here's, he plays in the middle of America. He doesn't play well, on. But a we're coast. in the middle of America, I, right? <laughs> you know what? I have, yeah. I have this discussion with baseball fans. Yeah. Not like us, but yeah. guys that know the game. Yeah. And they're like, Jose Ramirez is okay. I mean, he's okay. Who's saying that? Guys that don't watch him play every day. What? And I say, look, it's the same people that you know that don't know who Tyler O'Neill is. Right, right, right. That's true. 
And and I can understand why Clevelanders might not know who Tyler O'Neill is just because he's the National League and yeah. we don't get to see them on a regular basis. But to me, it's the guys that get stuck in these towns: Detroit, right, Milwaukee, and St. Louis is a great Kansas City. Town, obviously, St. Louis is a different breed. St. Louis, I think, has the best fans in baseball. I really do. Well, St. It, Louis fans are—it's the only city in America where clearly baseball is the most popular sport, right? They usually yeah. lead the major leagues in ratings. Right. Which is because it's, it's the most by far the like obviously it. baseball is huge in Boston. It's huge in New York. They have other distractions, places, but they have hockey and that's it. Right. 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 That's it. St. Louis, even when football was there, even when the Rams were there, yeah. the yeah. Cardinals were the most popular. And they won team. Super Bowls. They, didn't, they don't make no sense. They won Super right. Bowls. Well, they the, did. Cardinals, Cardinals have won World Series. The Cardinals are one good. of the best organizations in the baseball. The Cardinals are the Steelers of the, I don't know, I don't want to go that far. They're, they're, who would they be? They're always great. They're, they, their fans are very intelligent. I don't know if you've ever been I, to a game there. I call them. Their fans. Their fans are obnoxious. They're though. obnoxious, but yeah. they're smart. They know the they game. They are. They understand I, well, the game. I've been to Wrigley I, for a lot of Cardinals-Cubs games. And yeah, well, that's why you Cardinals. think they're obnoxious. I, I, compare, yeah. I compare them to, like, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, okay. if, if you I'll say. I'll buy that. If the Chiefs. Tradition. The tradition. Very traditional colors. They're not changing it. Very tough place to play. They always seem to like. Yeah, they're one of the few teams. But I think they're a better franchise historically than the Chiefs are. Yeah, but think back to the Chiefs, like Super Bowl one, three. Right, they've always been in the middle. They've had some downtime. Yeah, they did have some downtime. The Cardinals have never. The Cardinals are the Yankees without the flesh. uh, Yeah, and the payroll. Well, but they have a good payroll for a Midwest team. And they got it. They have a fair payroll for what their city is. They get a lot of TV revenue. They do. Unlike, Unlike Cleveland. Which we don't. And, and Cleveland doesn't get a, you know. And by the way, that's another thing we got to we got to dive into how this, these games are going to be broadcast, guys. Yeah, we're uh, getting to oh, that soon. Don't it's going to have the cardinal way. It. They have guys come into that organization, and you're taught to play a certain way. Yes, and yes. that's been there forever, for you're as long as I can right. remember. Yeah. Do you know who else was on my left field list before we get to the race report from Earl? Who? And this is something I totally missed last year in baseball. I didn't really like Chris Bryant. I know he got signed by the Rockies. I don't know he yeah. made the move to left field. Yeah, but yeah, he the, only – last year was his first year as a left fielder, and he was terrible. And he was, I don't he even think hurt. he's going to play left field this year now, he is, is he? he? Is he? I don't yeah. understand it. Bad experiment. I don't know why they're doing that. You know, I, I, I was critical of the Cubs for not signing those guys, but they were smart. Bryant's been a disaster. I mean, yeah, one year. Schwarber's been great. No, no, no. Schwarber, I hated they let him, let him go at the time. They let him go early. Yeah. Uh, Schwarber's done a great job, and Rizzo's still Rizzo good. I, is, but the Cubs offered Rizzo a fair contract. He turned it down. Right. But for not – I meant specifically Baez and, and Bryant. I thought they would sign one of those guys. Yeah. Sign, not signing those guys was smart. I thought Bryant was going to change the way we looked at the position I mean, for he, 20 years. I he really was did. so good when he came God, out. he was amazing. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. I went to a game his first week up. I was in Chicago, and I said, I got to see this kid play. And we sat right by the third base dugout. Yeah. And I just remember watching. It seems like such a simple thing, and, he, and all the players have it. But watching him make the throw from deep third base, because right. when he was warming up, he was taking oh. the, he was taking the grounders really deep at third. Hey. His throw was poetry, yeah. effortless, such a good straight line, always right in the chest. And I just thought, oh my god! And to look at him, he's physically imposing. Yeah, he's Big a dude, lot right? bigger than people think. I remember Andre. I remember talking to Andre Knott at the beginning of the World Series, and he said, "Man, the Cubs are big. They all he work. Was like their whole roster." Schwarber, so big. Rizzo, Jason Hayward, Hayward, uh, Bryant. These dudes came in. They looked Chapman. like a football team. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. And, and they had, and, and it just seemed like they was all young. 
They just they seemed, were. They, they had were. everybody in their prime. They was throwing the ball 100 miles an hour. They had pitching. And that's what it is. You, you, and that's why it's so hard in baseball because a lot of people thought, myself included, that the Cubs were going to be a dynasty. They won one championship. And the, that was they only it. have. They, 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 I thought it was a dynasty. They yeah. only have one player remaining for the 2016 World Series. Yeah. You know who it is? Oh, that's a great question. Um, pitcher or fielder? Uh, technically, it's not true because they have Jan Gomes on the Cubs now, too. And he played in the 2016 World Series, but obviously he was on the Indians. Who David is the, Ross. Oh, no, well, Ross David, was... Well, Ross is the, Ross was, the, is the manager. Yeah, he, I know. Well, you just didn't, you didn't clarify. He counts. No, okay. roster. On the player who is uh, Who is the only player on the Cubs roster that was on the 2016 World Series team? Oh. And he was a, a, a starter. I'll give you that. Contreras? No, he's gone. He just signed with the Cardinals. He was the second last to go. He's a pitcher, starting pitcher. Oh, he's a pitcher. Um, hey. Not a big, sexy name, but he... Yeah, I know, because I'm thinking of the big, yeah. the big names that I remember. Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, that's Hendricks, it. that's right. Good, solid pitcher. Where's Theo Epstein now? He's out of... He doesn't have a set job. He's just team. chilling. I mean... He left. How? I think he wants to kind of. I don't know. I don't know if he wants to be baseball commissioner. I don't think he wants to because if he wants. Oh, maybe. Oh, he'd have a job. Easy. He could anywhere he wants. Yeah, I absolutely. Think I've read something. This may not be true. And we're going to do Earl's race report in a sec. But doesn't he want to get and try to do what he did in baseball in another sport now? I don't know about no, that. I hope I he doesn't. I heard that. I hope he doesn't. I, almost, I, almost I've do heard what Rumbles, he is doing, but do it right. No, De Podesta. And Podesta, De Podesta isn't go. doing it well. That's what I'm saying. I think he yeah, wants no, to take that. No, let's not do that. that. Don't, don't I hadn't heard that. Done. I hadn't heard that. If, if, if he never serves as a general manager again, he goes down in history as the best general manager in sports, period, end of it, full stop. Yes. He took the Red Sox and ended their d- dismal run, and he did the same with uh, the Cubs. Yeah. And That's it. Lock that, you, can't, you can't beat that. You can't it beat is crazy. It. All right, guys, it is the last time of the week to tell you that uh, College Racing is our 12 o'clock sponsor. And today, the day. we have a special race recap from Earl and his new microphone, even though the camera can't really pan over there. But <laughs> Earl, what happened this weekend in Vegas? All right, man. So, College Racing, uh, shout out to Justin Haley, man. Started 26, finished eighth. Didn't lead any laps, but he ran in the top 15 always long. Um, wasn't really a good day for A.J. Allmendinger. He started 23rd, finished 18th. He was actually involved in a last lap crash. Uh, the car really didn't have much speed. Didn't con- He really couldn't find his way towards the front. Overall, though, uh, it was a great race weekend in Vegas. Will Byron, uh, who races the number 24 car for Hendrick Motorsports, ended up winning the race at uh, Las Vegas. Rounding out the top five was Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, uh, Bubba Wallace, and Bubba Wallace's teammate. Um, the next race is at Phoenix, the Ultimate Rentals Work United 500. Hey, didn't they did really well Saturday, right? Didn't they have two in the top five? They actually did very, very well, Jay, on Saturday. Yeah. All three of the drivers finished in the top ten. That's mm. that is incredible. And really, honestly, and you know this, Earl, it is such a hard sport to penetrate. Um, and I think Matt kind of expected that he would come right in and have the same success at the big on the big circuit, but he's gradually making a real solid name for himself in the sport. And the successes that, that he's having in the Infinity, Infinity Series, I'm not overstating this, Earl. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? No, I think it is incredible, uh, especially when you look at the Xfinity Series. Like you said, it's it's harder to compete at the cup level. Right. But he's building one of the most dominant teams in the Xfinity Series, and I think that's pretty cool. I look at teams like JR Motorsports. You know, Joe Gibbs has a, has a team. Uh, and Xfinity, but Carlick Racing is basically uh, 
starting to step right there with the big dogs and make their name in that, very nice. in that series. Very, very nice. All right, good luck to them in Phoenix this week um, as the circuit rolls on. All right, we're done. We're going to overtime. What's our topic today? We're going to finish questions? the viewer questions we didn't get to on Friday. Okay. We'll see you then. We'll All see right, you on now. the other and side. And we got something special overtime. for y'all tomorrow, oh, which oh, you guys oh, don't oh, even overtime. know about yet. So. You're in for like a treat. A guess, Are we going to find out in overtime what's special tomorrow? I'll tell you after the show. Okay. You're going to finally be dead or alive? <laughs> Close. <laughs>